You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. Well, guys, college football is right around the corner. Miami and Florida are kicking it off on Saturdays. Let's check in with the bright, beautiful stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Farrell, how are you today? Uh, I'm really thrilled to be alive. How are you? <laughs> you always sound like it. How about you, Gorney? That's like you call me beautiful, like beautiful Ted Cruz instead of Lion Ted. That's <laughs> uh, early for a Trump reference, but we'll, we'll take it. Gorney's <laughs> obsessed with Trump. Didn't you say you're in like group chats with people who just complain about Trump all day? Well, n- no, they support him. I'm I'm in a group text chat with friends from Pennsylvania that that Trump won, and I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a conservative Republican, but not a Trump supporter. Never Trumper. And uh, uh, but these guys are huge Trump supporters and it is constant, constant text messages back and forth about how great he is and what he's doing today to make America great again. And it, I, 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 it's not that I even completely disagree with everything they're saying, but it never ends. And so I just want them to go away. Can't you block them? I could, but then like one in a million, tw- much like your phone calls, one in a million is like a valuable phone call. So like their tweets, like sometimes I want to see what they're saying that doesn't have to do with Trump, but it's just Trump all the time. And it's really, really boring. They sound like losers. Well, they are my friends, so probably. <laughs> Let's talk Florida, Miami, because Trump's boring. <laughs> okay. It bores, it bores me. Politics bore me. Uh, college football does not. So I got Florida big. Big. Big? Big. Line seven, right? Well, it's moving between seven and seven and a half. Open seven and a half. Fifty-five yeah. percent of bets are on Florida and it dropped to seven. Yeah, I saw that. So I think at that, you know, that little bit of a hook there is is intrigued a lot of maybe big money coming in on Miami. The one concern I have if I'm betting Florida, is, is their secondary going to be anything? They've, you know, a lot of guys are out. A lot of guys are off the team. A lot of guys transferred. And so they're, they're, they have some holes to fill. Now, the question is, does Jaren, can Jaron Williams throw the ball accurately down the field? So I think Florida is going to be able to score some points. I'm not so sure Miami is, but uh, I could see 24-17, something like that. I wouldn't be too concerned about the defense. I mean, obviously, they've got some young talent there. Um, I know they're missing some people, but I think their defense is going to be absolutely awesome this year. And You know, even when you look at guys that aren't projected as starters or who may or may not, uh, you know, make a huge impact, the, the, the depth there is amazing. You know, when you got Brad Stewart fighting for a job and um, – you know, you got Marco Island. Isn't it Marco Island? Wasn't that Mark, it? Marco Island, yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, C.J. Henderson and all that stuff. So um, I'm not worried about the defense. Uh, obviously, the offense is the concern for Florida, I think. But I just don't believe in Jaron Williams. And I know we ranked him high and all that stuff, but I wasn't one of those guys who was on the Jaron Williams uh, boat. And, again, he's probably improved quite a bit over the last couple of years, but you remember that quarterback challenge? I do remember it, and it was not good. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen anything. 
that bad. Now we saw him the next year and he was much better, but that was just that was bad. So so he's a kid. It's interesting in recruiting. You know, he ends up at, at Miami. He can, he committed to Kentucky twice and he yep. committed twice. Yep. And then everybody started coming in, in in the summer, and everybody thinks, oh, my gosh, this kid's amazing. You know, look, Alabama's interested and all this other stuff. But that's at the point where quarterbacks are just non-existent. Like, if you need one, you're, you're going to really go hard after one, whether he's good or bad. Um, and, and I'm not saying he's bad. I just think he's average. And, and that's my take on that one. I think Miami ended up getting him. But – there weren't a whole lot of other programs out there that were super serious about him. I know who else flirted with him? Florida. Uh, I mean, not Florida, um, Alabama did, but they wanted him to camp. Kentucky right. wanted him. Georgia yeah. never really cared that much. No, I don't think so. I don't remember. I, I don't remember what other schools, but I remember there was one point in his recruitment where he absolutely blew up, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, we got to have this kid!" But I never bought into it. And then he was in the Army Bowl and. You were there. It really impressed me. So. Yeah, it didn't didn't stand out as one of the impressive people. And and in this game, I don't think Florida's offense is going to have many problems at all. I think Felipe Franks is possibly, as we've talked before, one of those sleeper candidates to really emerge on NFL draft radars. He's got a huge arm. Everybody knows that. And now Mullen has been working with him. Their receivers, they have plenty of them. Um, none of them are super dynamic and explosive as in, you know, as we used to remember Florida receivers, but they're very good. And LaMichael Pirine in the backfield, I think the offense will be fine. Um, and, and, and if I had to bet this game, I would, I would take Florida. Um, I probably think they win the game 31, 21, something along those lines. Uh, but it'll be comfortable. Um, and, and I, and I, I say this because I'm still bitter because last year I liked Miami in the season opener against LSU. I didn't buy LSU and I did buy Miami last year and they completely flopped in that game. So who knows if Manny Diaz has them better than, than Rick did last year at this time. But I think Florida is kind of one of those teams on the up and Miami is kind of still just average. And you do look at the backup cornerbacks, you know, Jalen Hill and, and, and Kyrie Elam, talented, talented kids. And we saw the impact that Marco Wilson and C.J. Henderson had as group freshmen. So I think these guys can come in. Chester Kimbrough is another one. I think these guys can come in and, and certainly make an impact. Um, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about the secondary. Uh, it'll all come down to whether, you know, Felipe Franks takes the next step and whether or not, you know, Jaron Williams, as you mentioned, passes down the field but I, i've got i've got florida by a couple touchdowns at least do we uh do did we see pick? a court did, did i pick i would take florida 31 21 all right that's 10 uh do we see a quarterback change at miami in the game is what you're gonna in, ask in the game yes let's say so jaron williams struggles is it it's not tate martell is it i mean he's yeah is, is he playing at wide receiver or what what's going on i I don't know. I, I mean, that was the rumor that he was interested in doing it. I don't know if he's practiced there, but I would still imagine, I mean, if Will Gritter went down, David Sills could have stepped in the game. I mean, Jack Allison did, but David Sills could have. Um, so I would imagine that uh, Tate Martell would be the backup quarterback. And that's the concern is if Florida gets up 21 nothing and all the Florida betters are popping the champagne... If it's our, if all of a sudden it's twenty one seventeen and Florida cruises to an easy win, but a little backdoor—that's called a backdoor cover, Mike. You know. 
backdoor cover. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily we're not betting on the game, so we're just picking outright. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously picking them to cover the line, but, um, you know, I'm not really sure. Now, I do like the, the, the weapons that Miami has at wide receiver, Jeff Thomas. Yeah. Mike Harley, two very, very fast slot receivers. Mark Pope was a five-star guy. And don't forget the Buffalo transfer, the Osborne kid. I think that's another weapon. And Brevin Jordan. I mean, yeah, and Brevin they, Jordan at tight end is definitely a weapon as well. And they've got some running backs. I mean, I think a lot of people are going into this game thinking Florida's going to blow them out, and I'm not certain that that's going to happen. I don't know about their running backs. Like DJ Dallas, Cameron Harris. I don't know. Lorenzo Lingard. Yeah, but he seems to be out of the mix. Yeah, he seems to be in the Jacquez Patrick home of looks great but doesn't play great. Yeah, I mean, he was a five-star, and we expected him to be great, and he certainly looks great, but he hasn't broken through there. So Now, yeah. the Miami defense is, is pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Patchen uh, anchors the defensive line. You got Finley, Quarterman, and Pinkney at linebacker. That's a really, really strong group of linebackers there, and you know, blades of one corner and bandy at another corner. And they've got some talented freshmen backing up as well. Um, so, you know, maybe it'll be closer. I, I just, it's, it's all Jaron Williams with me. Uh, yeah. It's just, I can't believe he won the job. Um, and maybe that's, you know, my Tate Martell, uh, brainwashing that you did. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that makes me think that, you know, this is not the best quarterback. It's just the best option right now. Right. And, and is Tate still a, a major jerk who everyone should hate because he wants to switch positions to contribute to the team? He doesn't want to switch positions. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you that. He's willing to do it because his, his PR team, which I'm sure he has one, and his social media team, which I'm sure he has one, got together and said, hey, this would make you look good if you volunteered to play another position. But he's not David Sills. He's not an, an unselfish kid who, you know, is willing to give it a try at quarterback and then try to become something very good at, uh, at wide receiver. You think he could so, be a wide receiver? I mean, he's, a, he's definitely an athletic kid. Well, that's the thing. He would have to play in the slot. And... He's already got Thomas and Harley there. Yeah, I don't know if he's as uh, he's nowhere near as dynamically no. athletic as those guys. So I think yeah. it would be a tough situation to do. The one thing I'm looking at Miami five and one against the spread last six times they've played Florida. So you know I think a lot of people are luring luring people there in Florida, and we're going to see a, a 24-17 kind of game or a 31-24 kind of game, something like that. I think it's going to be right around that number. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's a, it's a, college football is weird because the NFL has an opening weekend and Major League Baseball has a, a big opening weekend and and college football has Florida, Miami, and Arizona, Hawaii, and then waits a week before they start their full yeah. schedule. It's kind and of a weird. Gets wrong. Yeah, it's kind of a weird jump off. So the Florida teams, the three that matter, I've got Florida being the best program in the state. I think yes. by, a, by a good margin. I got Miami two and Florida State a distant third. What do you got? Yeah, I and and I think that gap might be growing, not closing. Um, 
You know, Florida State, as we've seen this week, it looks like James Blackman is getting pushed a little by Alex Hornibrook, who... Which is amazing, because Alex Hornibrook is just not good. Yeah, I mean, just awful at Wisconsin last year. And and Paul Chris didn't come out and say it, but he basically was like, look, he just you know wasn't very good last year. And so for him to be pushed, that's concerning. Um, if they want to, you know, going from Wisconsin to what now they want to do at Florida State, which is up-tempo spread Kendall Bryles offense, think of a quarterback who's less prepared for that than the Wisconsin quarterback who likes to basically just run out the clock and hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor every play. So who has an I, amazingly slow release as well. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, it's uh, – you think Tim Tebow's release was long? I mean, just look at Alex Hornibrook. And so that's concerning. I mean, they have playmakers, but they don't have an offensive line. And, you know, year two, we'll see how they do. And there's seems to be some excitement about this offense and stuff, but – you know, you're you're just not a team that's uh, really looking like someone who's coming up in a conference, which I think, even though only having two teams in the top 25, which is a little concerning, Clemson and Syracuse, I think by it, it's getting better. You know, I think Virginia Tech will be coming back. Virginia is now a very difficult team to play. Um, there, you know, I think North Carolina will be back in time under Mac Brown. NC State has been tough. We'll see how they do this year after losing a lot of players. But I mean, it's becoming a very difficult conference. Um, and I just don't see Florida State taking that next step right now. Well, you're missing a team as well, as you know. Boston College, of course. It goes without mentioning. Well, I mean, they've got a huge offensive line. Got AJ Dillon if he can stay healthy. Quarterback is good, um, and the defense is always underrated. So I think they're going to give some people, um, you know, a lot of trouble, quite a bit of trouble. So, you know, the ACC is still down. It's, it's not yeah. great, but no, and Florida, not. but Florida State's roster. You're talking about playmakers. Okay, Cam Akers has a, a ton of potential and ability. We've seen that, but with no offensive line, he and Kalen LeBorn, who are both five stars. Going to struggle. The offensive line is still bad. Right. Um, wide receiver. I think is good. Eh, Tamron Terry is good. Who else is good? I mean, Keith Gavin is okay. DJ Matthews I liked a lot, but I'm waiting for him to sort of step it up. Right. Uh, Warren Thompson. It's just not. You know, you look at other teams and they're loaded with with dynamic playmakers, and you just don't see that at Florida State at wide receiver. So I worry about the offense. The defense, I like. Uh, I don't like the linebackers that much, but um, I, I do like the secondary. I think the secondary is going to be very good. Defensive yep. line has some players for sure, and there's going to be some guys that I think emerge there, like uh, you know Dennis Briggs and, and you know guys like that, but. Uh, I just don't see a very strong football program there. Um, no. You know, Miami doesn't kill it either, but their defense is much better, I think, overall. If they can solve their quarterback problem, they've got better playmakers at wide receiver. Their offensive line is not bad. It's improved for sure. Um, you know, and then, you know, defensively, I guess the big question would be how – is the defensive line going to be? But um, but Florida is clearly the best. I mean, yeah, I think if they best lose coach. to Miami, that'd be embarrassing. 
Yeah, it would be. And I was looking through this for some fantasy stuff that just continues. And um, I, I was looking at losses. And North Carolina had a lot of close losses last year. Go through Florida State's schedule last year. They scored three points against Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech was not a very good football team at all last year. They scored seven against Syracuse. Like, imagine a Florida State team a few years ago only scoring a touchdown against Syracuse, getting blown off the field. And I know Syracuse is getting better, but let's get let's be real here, you know? They lost to Miami. They got blown out by Clemson. And then it was give-up time. Blown out by NC State. Blown out by Notre Dame. Hung on to beat Boston College and then blown out by Florida. So, uh, you know, 5-7, and seven, that, that was an ugly, ugly 5-7. and seven. Speaking of uh, give-up time, I don't see how you think Virginia Tech's going to be any better. You've heard about, obviously, players... <laughs> not wanting to win and not wanting to go to a bowl game. I mean, yeah. How, Can you how, blame him though? <laughs> how do you keep a coach where yeah. that happens? I mean, he's obviously lost the team, and if I thought, you know, Justin Fuente was a good hire there, but this roster—I mean, so many people left. Recruiting has been down. It's just ugly. Yeah, I, it I, is. I don't see how they're going to be better. And Bud Foster is retiring, if if I'm correct, after this season. After this so, season, yeah. so that's a little bit of a of, of a major turnover problem there. And and honestly, he should have probably gotten that job anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and and recruiting is not going well at all. They have the last rated recruiting class in the ACC, the only team in the conference with under 10, uh, 10 commitments. So, um, he's got a lot of work to do there. I believe in Justin Fuente. I think he's a very good coach. But yeah, like, and and jokingly, I say, can you blame them? Because what would you rather do? Prepare to go to Shreveport, Louisiana and play on December 22nd or something in some loser bowl game? Or just uh, sit home and regroup? Yeah, Uh, you get the extra extra practice time. And if you want to be a good football player, you want that extra practice time. So they're... Just, you know, those who didn't want to win and go to a bowl game are, they just don't care. Um, right. When you have that sort of infectious problem in your program, you're in big trouble. So I'm putting Fuente on the hot seat. Hot when, seat this yeah, early? When I hear that, that to me just screams of somebody who's lost control of this program really yeah. early. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Virginia Tech's going to be a big disappointment this year. But enough about the ACC. People don't care about the ACC. Let's, no, I know I let's don't. Let's say something about the SEC because that's all we ever talk about, remember? We're rivals well, and that's all we ever talk about. But I want to talk Big 12 real quick. Okay. Who you got? Wait, you just said you want to talk about the SEC, but I, then I you want to talk about the Big 12. because every time I go on one of our Big 12 sites or our Big 10 sites, they say all we talk about is the SEC. So yes. forget the SEC. We'll talk about them a little bit when we're talking about Bo Nix and some of the freshman quarterbacks. But Texas or Oklahoma, who you got? Uh, is that the option here, Texas that's or Oklahoma? It. Well, that's it, really, right? Who, who no, that, that's that's who I have. I, I, I still have Oklahoma, and Me here's too. why. Because their offense is guaranteed to score 40 points a game, and Texas's isn't. And, um, you know, I think Texas is going to be relying on some young wide receivers, and so will Oklahoma. But Oklahoma is so good at wide receiver that they brought in – three five-star wide receivers and they might all redshirt so 
They're still incredibly talented, even after losing Hollywood Brown. CeeDee Lamb is one of the best receivers in the country. Should have been a five-star. Grant Calcaterra is going to be an option. I think they're going to use Stogner in the red zone. They'll be able to run the ball. Jalen Hurts will be in the Heisman Trophy discussion just because Lincoln Riley's a genius. And then then we'll hear he's off to the NFL to run the offense, and uh, he probably will, but at some point. But... Um, until Texas, you think he's the future Dallas Cowboys head coach? That would be interesting. I wonder if he can go to Cabo and get Ezekiel Elliott back uh, playing football. I heard Zeke's out of Cabo now. He's back in uh, the United States, right? Back in the United States. I don't know. I, I, but uh, being offended by, uh, I know. Talk about soft, huh? A guy who was gone to bat for him over and over again with his off-field problems and all this other stuff and. Yep. You know, sign him to the maximum contract you're allowed to sign him to as a rookie. Yep. Uh, and then he's holding on to this team. You know, just a whatever. Offended. Everybody's offended these days. It's just, there's nothing offensive about Ziku. That's, that was a joke. Okay, right. But, but let's right. not get on that tangent. I think Riley thinks the rest of the world is stupid, though. And I'll tell you why. He's very, very smart. He's a great recruiter, great coach. Yep. Yep. You know, Jalen Hurts named the starter, what, a day ago? Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm shocked to hear that. And he was just a little better than Tanner Mordecai. Spencer Rattler, <laughs> is what Lincoln said. I mean, come on, please. A little the, better. The second he transferred to Oklahoma, the quarterback race was over. Right. I think, I think Ryan Day is doing the same thing, and I like Ryan Day uh, a lot as the head coach at Ohio State. But. You mean having fake quarterback battles in the preseason? Yeah, there's so many of them. Right. Name one that didn't turn out the way we expected it to. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Miami would be the only one that, that didn't right. turn out the that way it expected. You know, and and it'll people. probably turn out to be a mistake. So, and, and, and it might be, you know, Martel's the guy by halftime. You don't know. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but every other one... These made-up quarterback yeah. battles just to make sure that the kid doesn't, you know, he minds his P's and Q's a little bit is, I mean, it's when I see, oh, Austin Kendall won the West Virginia job. Yeah, of course. Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State because he's going to get the starting job, not because he's going to go compete with people. I mean, come on. And these guys, you know, Riley said it's the closest competition he's had in Norman. Well, of course it is. I mean, you had Baker <laughs> yeah. Mayfield and Kyler Murray, so it's really not um... – Right. You know, he, he was the offensive coordinator, you know, as well. But as a head coach, picking Baker Mayfield over Cody Thomas and Trevor Knight wasn't really a difficult decision. And then Kyler Murray over Austin Kendall wasn't really a difficult. So decision do you take either. you do you take Oklahoma in the Big Twelve? Yeah, I got Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. Um, I think it's going to be real close, though. I think they they will play Texas twice. <clears throat> Those will be the two teams that matter. Um, you know, the worst thing for the Big 12 would be if they split and then, yeah. you know, both are knocked out of the playoffs. But uh, I think Oklahoma is going to beat them twice. And I think Texas is on the come up, obviously. Recruiting-wise, they're just on a tear. And the difference between this yes. tear and a Mac Brown tear is they're actually fighting and battling for these guys in the summer, whereas Mac Brown, you know, sort of picked all his guys at, at junior days back when Texas was a a big time program and coming off national championships and stuff like that. Um, you know, he just sort of picked them early, February, yep. March, and they were done by 
they're pretty much done by June. Um, yeah. These are recruiting battles in the summer that, that he's winning. So it's much more impressive recruiting job by Tom Herman. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, I knew Charlie Strong would be a failure there, but I think Tom Herman's going to be a success. And I think after this year, um, you know, next year you're going to be looking at potentially Texas having their turn in the Big 12. I think possibly it all. I think it all depends on how long Lincoln Riley stays at Oklahoma. It's going to be tough to beat a team that can always score forty points. So you know, you get one or two. I mean, literally one or two stops a game, and you're going to lose. You know, so yeah. But I think um, Texas is going to get to that point. Yeah, they could. I mean, they they're could. recruiting very well at quarterback. Uh, the skill positions they're starting to load up. Yeah. I mean, I really like what they're doing on offense recruiting wise you know Bijan Robinson yep. Quentin Johnson if they're adding speed and dynamic and athletes and size yeah yeah and, they're and quarterback wise like I said they got two you know Jaquinnon Jackson and then and, and Hudson Carr they've already got one for 2021 it's I, I just think they're building that offense where they're going to be similar to Oklahoma soon because Tom Herman obviously knows offense he knows how to put up points uh, he knows how to develop quarterbacks. So I think they'll be to the point where they're a 40-point team as well. And I think their defense is going to be a little bit more balanced and well-rounded by next season. But I think the offensive firepower, and with Jalen Hurts coming over, if Jalen Hurts didn't come over, I would pick Texas in a second. Yeah. Uh, but I think Hurts is going to be the difference maker there because he's won before at a high level. He's a leader. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got something to prove. Um, and people laughed at me when I said that the one thing Jalen Hurts wants more than anything in this world is to go to the playoff and beat Alabama. And they're yeah. all like, no, Jalen was a team player. He <laughs> loves everybody. And, yeah, he stuck it out. You know, he stuck it out. He could have quit the team. And he did the right thing. He made the smart move. But everything I know, he – is feels so disrespected by Alabama sure. that he wants to go out there and, and destroy them. And, you know, I, I know that puts a little damper on the people who think Jalen is like this perfect person who holds no grudges. But trust me, I have it from a very, very, very good source that there's a grudge there. Well, you could be a very nice person and still want to destroy the team that you lost your starting job to for no other reason than struggling in one half of a of the national championship game. Yeah, and, and you want to you prove yourself. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You could be both. So let's talk freshmen. Jaden okay. Daniels, Bo Nix, Sam Howell. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to address this, I think, tomorrow with my amazing take. Uh, but which one do you like for long-term success out of those three? I think long-term success, Jane Daniels will put up the best stats because he plays in the weakest conference and he'll have playmakers around him. But for current best move, I love the Bo Nix starting because I think it's first, I think it gives Gus Malzahn job security more than anything because you can't fire a guy who uh, has a freshman quarterback um, because he'll make mistakes and it will be Nix's fault and not Malzahn. So he'll give him another year, which is a smart move. Um, but I think he's a very talented kid. 
as long as that offense allows him to, to show that talent. Auburn's quarterbacks, I mean, Jarrett Stidham is doing better in the NFL as a backup than he did at, at Auburn. Um, and, and, and people expected him to be the savior of that program. So, um, you know, that offense needs to let the quarterback open up and, and use his talents a little bit. And the schedule at the beginning um, is kind of mixed. I mean, opening up against Oregon is going to be at least a challenge. It's not a cupcake team. Tulane and Kent State will get his, you know, his feet wet a little bit. But then it gets tough. I mean, at Texas A&M is going to be very difficult. Mississippi State always has a good defense at Florida. And then the bye week. So Nix is going to get tested early, but he's a very, very talented player. He has some skill around him. I don't think Auburn's offense is all that great, um, but we will see. But in terms of, I, I think it goes, I would go Knicks, Daniels, Howell. Daniels has some playmakers around him. And I know Mike isn't listening as he types. Um, oh, I'm listening. Okay. I can and do many things at once. I think Jane Daniels picked um, a very good school for him. He's got good coaching around him. They're going to let him throw the ball a little bit, but they're not going to go crazy throwing the ball, because, especially this season, because they have Eno Benjamin. So he's going to be able to kind of get into that. And that's another one that was kind of the worst-kept secret of all time. I mean, I think Auburn was a legitimate quarterback battle. Uh, I think Joey Gatewood definitely had his chances. I'm not surprised Bo Nix won that job after seeing um, both of them over the last few years. But the, the two worst kept secrets was Sam Howell basically virtually had that job sewn up for a long time. And then uh, Jaden Daniels, I think the second he committed to that school, really uh, you know, sealed, the, sealed it that he was going to uh, be the starter at Arizona State. Even though they took two other quarterbacks? Yeah, I do. I think the intention was kind of to move to move Ethan Long to uh, another position. And then Joey Yellen... Um, was kind of a of a backup option, um, and and credit Joey Yellen for not transferring after Jane Daniels committed and sticking it out and competing. But I think this is Jane Daniels' team. Um, I think he's a really really talented quarterback, and I think opening up against Kent State and Sacramento State are, is going to get him pretty comfortable. And until they go to Michigan State Week Three, which I think could be very difficult on them. So. I did a redshirt freshman thing, and, and I didn't have Zamir White on there from Georgia. Hmm. Uh, I'm shifting gears because DeAndre Swift is the main running back there. But, of course, Georgia shares the football. Have you seen the pictures of Zamir White? I have not seen the pictures of Zamir. Should no. I do a Google image search? Yeah. <laughs> jacked like, up. Looks like freaking bodybuilder. He looks so big and jacked up. It is yeah, he does. Wow. The- Nick Chubb like, uh, taller, thicker. Not in the yeah. legs. Nick Chubb has thicker legs, but my goodness, he looks good. So you know, I think the interesting thing there is going to be, um, you know, how much of an impact does he have? Uh, will DeAndre Swift have a huge monster breakout year? I know you saw or you put From on your 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 SEC page, which is ridiculous. Um, Can I explain myself? Sure. He lost his top five receivers. He lost Jeremiah Holloman, who was going to be the best receiver on this team. And 
he lost like I don't I, I can't do math well, but he lost like ninety five percent of his receiving yards and his touchdowns, which matter in fantasy. I'm not saying Jake Fromm's going to have a bad season or Georgia's going to struggle. I'm saying as a fantasy football quarterback, there are way better options because they're going to give the ball to Swift a lot. They're going to give the ball to White a lot. And I and, just And they've I can't. got Harry and, and James Cook as well. But here's why I disagree a little bit. Because they're going to use Swift out of the backfield. They're going to use James Cook out of the backfield. I think he's going to get a lot of yards from dump-offs. I do like Demetrius Robinson. Um, uh, Robertson, I think he's going to come back and be the guy we saw at Cal as a freshman. I think Kyrus Jackson's going to break out as a redshirt star. Um, and I think, you know, the freshman Tommy Bush and Dominic Blaylock will make an immediate impact. So I think he'll be fine. But that offensive line and the way those those running backs catch the football, I think Brom will put up some some good numbers. Now, again, from a fantasy perspective, he's not in an offense where he's going to throw the ball 50 times a game. So I, I get that. I just wanted to give you crap about saying that Thir- SEC page. <laughs> 30 touchdowns, six interceptions last year. Is, are his numbers better or worse this year? Uh, better. Okay, so, okay, let's go. I have, he's better. I have from 16th, my 16th quarterback. Would you take Tua? Yes. Ellinger? Yes. Hurts. Mm, yes. We had to think about that one. We did because Hurts is going to run the ball a lot. I, that, that's not going to be your that's, typical Oklahoma offense where that's fantasy points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Yes, of course. How's he fourth? By the way, what are you doing? Because ATN and Lynn J. Dixon are going to get so many carries, and he's going to be out of the game in the third quarter. Yeah, um, Alabama has no running backs either, and they're going to be. I'm, Nail biters every game. No, but two is going to throw the ball to Rugs. Judy, got receivers. Smith. I'll give you that. But see, Mike, you're playing fantasy checkers here, and I'm playing fantasy chess, as Mickey says on Big Brother. I can't believe you just made a Mickey reference. Justin Fields, Adrian Martinez, Justin Khalil Fields. Tate. No, 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 no. You can't put Justin Fields ahead of Jake Fromm. You cannot. In Absolutely fantasy. Not. Yes, he hasn't done anything. The quarterback last year at Ohio State threw 50 yeah. touchdown passes. His name was Dwayne Haskins. And Fields uh, could be better. It was his first year starting. It's very, very impressive. He became a first-rounder. But, you know, you think that's going to happen again. I think Fields is going to have a good year, but you can't put him ahead of Jake Fromm. Who else? Name some of these other quarterbacks you got ahead of him. Now I'm getting upset. Adrian Martinez, who who, who people are calling the next Patrick Mahomes. He'll put up good numbers there. I think the hype for Adrian Martinez is a little bit high. Um, Numbers-wise, I think he and Fromm will be similar, very similar. Khalil Tate. No. That is is kind of a risky pick. It's over for Khalil Tate. He had his year. He's done. You know what? I'm going to move him down in my fantasy rankings because you say that. Oklahoma State starter is going to put up huge numbers. Oklahoma State starter. I like that. It's like like you're playing the old NCAA football. QB1 is good. Exactly. It doesn't doesn't matter who it is. is. They haven't named it yet. And you got Jake Fromm, who's a freaking... This isn't who's the better quarterback. It's who puts up more points. Yeah, well, Oklahoma State guy is not going to. All right, Bryce Perkins. And it's going to be Ke- Sanders. Kellen Mond, Felipe Franks, Justin Herbert, Kelly Bryant, Alan Bowman, Kelly Ian Book at Notre Dame. Oh, 
He's he. They have better receivers at Missouri. They're going to put up points. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm not That's... saying Jake Fromm's bad. I'm saying Jake Fromm could be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year. No, well, he could be because at last year at this time, no one thought Kyler Murray would be, and the year before that, no one thought Baker Mayfield would be. And, you know, I mean the Giants. Yeah, the Giants Jones. traded up for Daniel Jones, and I think you would take Jake Fromm over Daniel Jones. Uh, so yeah, the, the the big thing about Jake Fromm is he doesn't do anything great. He does everything very very well. Right. But he works out of a pro style offense. The NFL like that. He's a leader for sure. Uh, got great maturity about him. High character kid. Uh, arm strength is okay. It's not elite. Uh, right. So the big thing is going to be, you know, when he goes to the combine and when he has his pro day, you know, you're going to have these other guys like Herbert, um, you know, who are just blowing people away with their size and their arm and people yeah. fall in love with them and all that stuff. I, I don't even know if Jake Fromm's a first rounder, but I do know that the Georgia offense is going to be pretty nasty this year, and I think he's going to put up better numbers than Kelly Bryant. I like Kellen Mond a lot, but I, I still think Jake Fromm's going to put up better numbers than Kellen Mond. Well, then on your fantasy team, by the way, are we playing fan- college fantasy football this year? You need to get the league uh, started, Mike. No, I don't want to. I did it last year. It was the most miserable experience of my life. Because your team it's sucked? Like, no, because it's like working when you're not working. Yeah, that is true. It I is. I mean, researching yeah. all this stuff. It's what we do for a living, and then you got to go and pick your roster, and then you lose to a bunch of clowns, right? Yeah. Who are just guessing. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, "Oh, you're the expert," you know? Like, <laughs> forget it. I, I'll do NFL fantasy. I'll be a one league. I'll suck. I haven't won in 15 years, but I'm not doing college football again. I did it last year, and I hated every every second of it. Well, then we won't invite you to the league. Who's in your league? Everyone else except you. Who? I haven't even heard about this. No one's told me anything about this. Because we know you hated it, so we didn't want to bother you with it. Yeah, you're telling me Rob Cassidy's in the league? <laughs> you're telling well, me you're letting, too, he's out. you're letting Woody in the league? Yeah, I know. Well, maybe the, maybe the league will be uh, debun- uh, taken down this year and then brought back next year stronger than ever. Did you do one last year? We did one. We had the Rivals guys playing in one, remember? I wasn't in it. Yeah, yes, I wasn't in were. it either. Uh, I wasn't in it. It's news to me. Trey was in it. Everybody was in it. We played it last year. No, we didn't. I was in a league with Jason Howell. You remember Jason Howell? Yes. Yeah, and, and a bunch of people from other networks. I was not in your league. Well, I, I, I seem to remember you being in it. So. Oh, my God. How, how, you got too many things on your mind, bro. That is true. By the way, did you see the greatest article ever written on Rivals.com today? Let me see. What did ten, I write today? <laughs> the 10 best <laughs> recruiting programs in the last five cycles and their on-field record. It shows Alabama and Clemson are amazing. Georgia's pretty good. Ohio State's amazing. Florida State and LSU are just massive underachievers. USC's a massive underachiever. Florida State and who? LSU? Florida State and LSU are massive underachievers, as is USC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma, great. Uh, Auburn, massive underachiever. Underachiever. Texas yep. A&M, massive underachiever. Huh. 
And uh, Texas, massive underachiever as well. Hmm. Wait a minute, there were ties here. Did they not put up the ties? They must not have because I don't see Texas on this list. Impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all you have to say is yeah. Are you watching Bachelor in Paradise, Mike? No, I'm not. I refuse to. It's actually very good this year. I used to watch it, but I'm not watching it anymore. I got Big Brother and 90 Fiance that keep me busy. Is Big Brother the worst year yep, cast in the history worst cast ever worst nobody players to root for. There's nobody no to strategy like. nobody to like no one no. to really hate no very boring think, year terrible job by uh, Julie Chen Moonves and the staff over there do you think anybody on this who listens to this podcast cares about Big Brother uh, probably a lot yeah all right, we're at 56 minutes, and I have things to do, so come on. I have All right, let me, to do. let me wrap up how I always do, and I'll, I'll <laughs> float our Twitter handles out there so you can follow us on Twitter. You're I am at Real Dave Barry. What's that? I'm getting back on Facebook. <laughs> 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 you can find, find Mike on Twitter, at Rivals Mike, and Gorney is at Adam Gorney. We will see everybody again next week. 